All right. Glory to God. Good to see you all tonight. Precious Jesus. And um, there's a few more people coming, I'm sure. They're late. But we are going to get into the Word of God first, as always. Before we're going to pray, amen. So actually, I'm glad you came because I have something very powerful to share with you. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Precious Jesus. So let's begin with, um, let's go to Genesis again, chap chapter 1. And uh, look at this into something really, really powerful and exciting. Hallelujah. I just want to welcome everybody who is watching us online, on Facebook and uh, YouTube and website. We are all over the place here. So, precious Jesus, let's open in prayer. Hallelujah. Let's open in prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we give you the praise today. We thank you for your faithfulness and goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your glory upon our life. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, for your mighty, mighty presence. We thank you for your glorious power and love toward us, Father. We thank you, Lord God, for your faithfulness. And we thank you for your word. We just uplift your holy name. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to speak to us today and show us great and mighty things that we don't know. Lord, I just pray that you'll feed us today. Feed us with yourself. Feed us with your word. Feed us with your spirit and presence. I just pray that you will uh, satisfy our hunger today, Father. In Jesus' name, we give you the praise and the glory. And everybody said, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And of course, we're going to touch a little bit on creation. And, um, well, um, let's talk about that Adam was created in God's image, and he was made after God's likeness. We're going to begin with that. Amen. That is actually in Genesis 1.26. So let's find out what is, God's, what is God's likeness. What is it? Now, in verse 27 of Genesis chapter 1, the word, of, the word of God says created, and God created Adam. God created man, created after his own image and likeness. But if you're going to go quickly to chapter 5, in that, in that chapter, we see something else, okay? In chapter 5 of the book of Genesis, verse 1, it says this. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female, the word created is there. Okay? The word created is there. There is no likeness anymore. Okay? There is a reason for that. So if you look at this again carefully in verse 2, male and female, he created them and blessed them and called them their name Adam in the day when they were created. 
So no more mentioning of God's likeness. Why? Because Adam and Eve, they lost it in the garden. That was chapter 5 already. They've lost it, okay, through sin. You understand what I mean? Before they were created in God's image and likeness. Now the image stayed, but likeness gone. Hallelujah. That's where the difference is. Now, so in this particular chapter, the Word of God is not talking about spiritual Adam. It's talking about fleshly Adam. Earthly Adam. Amen? So thank God for Jesus, who has restored us back to where we belong. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let's look further. In the spirit, there is no male and female. Is that right? But here it says, male and female created he them. So here God is talking about flesh. God is talking about us being in the flesh. All right. And that is proven in many other verses that I'm not going to even touch today. It's uh, too much. Amen. So uh, let's move on a little bit further from here because we ha I have a lot of things to share. So Adam has received the likeness of God when the Lord breathed into his spirit. That's when he has received the likeness of God. Adam became a living soul. Living soul. I want, I want to explain this to you. What is the difference between living soul and a spiritual man? All right? Even though God has created Adam in his likeness, yet Adam was not spiritual as yet. Because to become spiritual, you have to be born again by the Spirit. All right? Adam was not born again by the Spirit. He was made a living soul. And when God breathed in him the spirit, spirit the Ruach, the, 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 some characteristics of God came in, amen, because he was made in God's likeness. And that is important to notice. Why? It's because further down we will see that the difference. And why are we teaching these differences? Why do we need to realize these differences? Is because we need to get more hungry for God in the spirit. All right? We need to get more hungry for God walking in the spirit, living by the spirit of God. That's where, that's, this, this is our goal, is to bring people to that hunger, spiritual hunger and spiritual desire to follow God. Amen. Not just to be excited about things, but to really walk by the Spirit of the Lord. So, Adam became a living soul, and the word make in Genesis 1.26 is different from the word create in Genesis 5. You already saw that. Amen. Now, here's the question. What choice did Adam have? It's interesting to realize because it was Adam who fell into sin. And because of Adam, it was us who needed to be redeemed, right? So we must know where we're coming from and what happened. So in Genesis 2, let's go to Genesis chapter 2. 
Amen. Verse 16 and 17. Something marvelous I'm going to show you today that God has shown me. Amen. God has revealed that to me actually this week. Last week. Yeah, this week. As a revelation. And I want to share that with you. When we read the scriptures, look. Um, in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says this. But of the tree, God said to Adam. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you shall freely eat. Right? But of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, you shall not eat of it. For in the day that you eat, therefore, you shall surely die. We know the scriptures very well. There's nothing new about them, right? But the truth of the matter is, if you're looking carefully... If you're going to be looking carefully into these verses, you'll find there's nothing else that God has given us an explanation anymore in those verses. There was no more explanation or information there given by God to Adam about this particular tree. <laughs> I, I, I believe it was a literal tree. It was a tree in the garden for sure, okay? Now, it was a tree in a garden. And perhaps with better and greater looking fruit on it. Maybe it was the best looking and smelling and tasted fruit in the garden. Okay, the best. For a purpose. What purpose? To test him. To test him. God has great purposes to bring us up. And I love it. I love the, the way God works with us. He has great purposes. Yeah, we fail sometimes. We do wrong things. But it's a test. And if God is working, if God is bringing this test, it means he is very interested in developing us continually. Amen? Yeah. Listen, Jesus was predestined to die for our sins before the foundation of the world. Is that right? Before. So, before the garden was created, before Adam and Eve were created, they were created. Okay? The tree was placed there by God for a great purpose, just to prove the humanity. Prove people that man is weak without God's spirit. It's just to prove that man is weak Without God's spirit. This is why Adam was made a living soul. He didn't have any help from the Holy Spirit as we have today. Otherwise, you see, born again experience came only after Jesus has fulfilled the, that the will of God when God says you are predestined to die. Otherwise, it will be useless. Do, do you understand what I mean? God could not release the Holy Spirit to, for people to be born again before Jesus was crucified on a cross because Jesus was predestined for that thing. And when God predestines these things for a purpose, amen, he is going to fulfill these things in time, not before. All right? And what is the purpose for that? It's amazing, amazing. So, the tree was placed there in the garden 
just to prove Adam and to prove humanity that without the help of the Holy Spirit, without actually literally God living inside of our life, we cannot make it. So a lot of people, they say, I, I accept, I'm accepting Christ. I accepted Jesus when I was three, I was two, I was one, and maybe before. People say that. And I said, are you born again? Oh, I don't know. So if you're not born again, it's useless. Jesus said to Nicodemus himself, he says, you are the teacher of the law, and you don't know these things? He says, unless the man is born again, he cannot enter or see the kingdom of God. Amen. So, the purpose is great. is because God has predestined Christ before anything even happened, before people even fell into sin. Predestined Jesus to die for a reason that he will not just redeem us from sin, but the Holy Spirit will invade our life. And actually, we live in this today. We live in this fulfillment today. That God has said. Amen. Now, look at this. Are you interested? Okay. Look at this. Okay. Let's go further. As well, God showed through this tree that it was never God's will that made us to fall into sin. It was never God's will. And evil. But our own choice. It was our own choice. God placed the tree. But he didn't push us to sin. He didn't hide anything from us, right? He said, when you're going to take from that tree, you will surely die on that day. Didn't God push Adam to do it? No. So how can we blame God in doing this? Amen. Yet God will place things around us that are dangerous, but it's up to us if we're going to touch them or not. You, you understand? So we cannot blame God for this. We cannot blame God for sickness because we are getting involved in sicknesses ourselves. Amen. And I'm not going to go into this right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you, people still coming. That's great. So let's, let's, let's dig in a little bit further into this word. Okay. So it was Adam's choice to fall into sin. Now listen to this. Let's talk about Satan right now a little bit. When Satan began to talk to Eve, Many of you probably didn't realize or understand as yet. And I'll explain that to you. That he did not just twist the word of God. He lied to her. He said something that God never mentioned at all. You, you'll be shocked. And actually, I'll show you that because it's important to realize, it's important to understand that... Uh, you know, not to say, well, the devil, he did half of the job. He did such an evil, crooked thing. So Satan added to his own interpretation, uh, to, to this, Satan added to what God has said in verse 17, his own interpretation, okay, to cause men to fall into sin. 
Satan was practically lying by creating, listen to this, he was lying by creating something that was not there at all. Just to make Eve to disobey God. And I'll tell you, you'll say, how did he lie? Well, it's very interesting. I'll explain that to you. Remember what he said to Eve? You shall not surely die. You shall live. Okay. But what he said as a lie. That God knows that in the day you're going to eat of it, listen to me carefully, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He lied through his teeth because this is absolutely not true. Are you listening to me? Why this is important? Because he's still lying today to, to believers. Creating stories that are not in the Bible. Making us to believe. So this is why I brought to your attention this kind of thing that uh, uh, what God said here in verse 16 and 17. He just mentioned that of this tree of the knowledge and good and evil, he mentioned, you shall not eat of it because you shall surely die. But he stopped talking to Eve or Adam about anything. He didn't go anywhere, anywhere further. So Satan, he added his own interpretation. Just to make them to fall. Why? Because he was creating a hunger in Eve. For two reasons. To become like one, like God, to know everything. And it means God is hiding something, right? To me, listen to me. When God created Adam, it's very important to understand. When God created Adam, he created Adam with such a knowledge he became a living soul because God breathed in him, himself. Like his own knowledge, his wisdom, and all kind of things. Not the, the life of the Holy Spirit, no. But he made him a living soul. That's why God, Adam, was able to name animals. He had enough wisdom and knowledge. What God has given Adam in the garden was absolutely enough to live by and enjoy. But Satan made them to believe that it was not enough. You can have something above and be like God that you'll know more. There's something that you're lacking. He lied through his teeth about what God said. Because that is absolutely not true. The only knowledge that God is... Listen to this. When we receive in Jesus, what do we receive? The mind of Christ, not about the knowledge of good and evil, but the mind of Jesus. And it's exactly what we need to know while we're living here. Through Christ, we receive in the mind of Jesus and the word of God. So the devil can still lie to you and say, well, you, something that is hiding. You know what I mean? Be careful. Watch what he is up to. And I wanted to bring to your attention this kind of things. So Satan added to this his own interpretation to cause men to fall into sin. So Satan was practically lying by creating something that was not there. Just to make Eve to disobey God. Adam already, as I'll explain that to you, was like the Lord himself. 
with knowledge that was given to him by God to live by. Satan knew that. The devil knew that. That Adam actually knew more than Satan himself. Satan knew what Adam has received from God. <laughs> and he knew that only rebellion against God will make him to fall. Only rebellion against God will make him to fall. So the reason God called the tree of knowledge of good and evil is to test man whether he will go after that knowledge or not. And this is why God named that tree knowledge. That's what we call today, actually, philosophy. Philosophy has two words together. Sophia means wisdom, knowledge. Philia means love. The love of knowledge. That's what philosophy means. So all those great philosophers, they go after knowledge, but they don't know what they're looking for. They try to gain knowledge, knowledge, but whose knowledge? You know, I was listening today while I was coming here to the office. I was listening today on the secular station, and uh, uh, CJWW, I guess, whatever it is. Uh, and, and it was a psych psychologist was given some, some advices psychologist, a woman, professor, psychologist, she was given some advices to people on the radio. And she was given good advices about marriage. And I thought to myself, I was listening what she said, comparing everything to the Bible, and she was absolutely correct what the Bible said. So I said to myself, psychology, they took everything what Jesus said and used it for their own glory they do exactly they say they get that wisdom exactly from the bible and they practice in this by not recognizing that these are the words of jesus so they kick jesus out of it and they're using the words i'm telling you that's what the world is doing and they think that have become professors come to church you'll learn, learn the same thing you don't have to pay 180 dollars an hour to get, to get you free. Come here. We'll pray. God already has given us answers. Amen. No, 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 no. I'm going to go to psychi psychologists because they're professionals. Okay. You want to pay? Go ahead and pay. It's not my problem. It's because people don't want to listen to God. They say, well, okay, God, but I want to listen to men. He'll repeat everything. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. And whatever wisdom God already laid there at this foundation, we have it. Hallelujah. We have it through Christ. Did you? I was listening today to that, and she was given such a nice way, laying out all the things. And I said, I read this in the Bible. It, it's there. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Precious Jesus. Smart Alex. They want to have the knowledge, but we don't want to tell them where is it coming from. Absolutely, absolutely, it was, not a, it was not a philosopher who came up with this idea 
Amen? For good living for our family. So, so the reason that God named the, the tree of good knowledge, knowledge of good and, and evil is to test these guys if they will go after. Adam had no interest, absolutely no interest, as you know through the Bible, to go after that tree. He had enough of what God said. Amen, brother. You're probably thinking what, what I'm going to say next, right? <laughs> he had no, no, he never, he said, God said, don't touch, and I don't care. I have, he was satisfied with everything God gave. This is what Paul said, by the way, if you remember, I'm satisfied with all things. Content with everything what God gave me. I'm not looking for anything more or less. I just want everything what God has given me. And if I am on that path, I am protected. The devil cannot touch me. Do you understand? But Lord, I wish I would have a little bit more money. I'm not satisfied. God says, satisfied with what I gave you. Don't ask for more. Hallelujah. I know what you need. God shall supply all my needs because the devil will catch you by your tail. You can believe God for whatever you want. It's up to you. But don't, don't covet and don't lust after it. Don't covet and don't lust after that. Amen? Because that will lead you to sin. The devil is, listen, and Listen, I'm going to go further into this because you're going you're gonna to be shocked today what, <laughs> how, how it works. It's a, it's a fantastic, fantastic message here. Listen. So, God has warned Adam and Eve by saying knowledge and Eve. I mean, what tree would have knowledge? You eat whatever you want from that tree. It, it's not going to give you knowledge. <laughs> The knowledge comes from God, not from the things he has created. He told us not to worship the creation, but the creator. Well, the tree hoggers came from that idea. Oh, that tree will give me life. Okay, hug it, kiss it, and feel the nature. And all of a sudden, demons will begin to come from down up and just fill you up pretty good. <laughs> it's symbolic. God was testing Adam and Eve if they will obey or disobey, right? It's not about eating that stuff. No, no, it's not about eating that stuff. So Satan had an idea to add to what God said to create, listen to this, to create lust and desire to know more that God has already allowed Adam to know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I want to know more. I want to have more because maybe God is hiding something from me. So the tree of knowledge and uh, of, of good and evil was in a garden just to, uh, just to point or just a point to obey or disobey God. It was that, <laughs> that thing that uh, was... There to make a choice whether they're going to obey or disobey God. Amen. 
So let's look carefully how Eve was tempted. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Number one, it was good for food. Possibly, you know why? How did she know that it was so tasty? Maybe the serpent just bit it and said, mmm, it's so good. Go for her. Because he said, it's good for, 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 for food. It's so good. It's so tasty. Mmm. Ah, it's so. And she was watching. She was looking. Maybe that serpent was eating that fruit before her. And she saw that he did not die. He said, you see, I ate the fruit, and I am as good as I, as I was before. And she thought, well, if he didn't die, I probably would not die. And he said, the fruit is good to the taste, and it looks good. She said, probably, I was looking at that fruit for a long time. It looks so good, like one of the best in the garden. Why can't I try it? Plus, I'm going to gain knowledge. It was pleasant to her eye. It was desired to make one wise. Three things. I mean, when you, have this, when you have this kind of temptation, do you think you will withstand this temptation? Remember, how many of you fasted before? Fasted? Hallelujah. Fasting, yes. And you're fasting, and all of a sudden you smell, oh, something is cooking somewhere. You, your hair is standing up. You want to grab that thing and you're fighting that thing. No way, Jose, I can't touch it. I can't. Yeah. So, three things that he really tempted her with. It was good for food. It was pleasant to her eye. And it was desirable to make one wise. Amen. Now, write this down. It's a very important sentence. You two people that are watching online right now, write this down. Disobedience. What is disobedience? Where is it coming from? Yes. Disobedience is lack of commitment. Think. You understand? Disobedience is lack of commitment. And what is doubt? A lack of knowledge of the Word of God. Right? Okay. So, three things. Listen to me. After they sinned, three things instantly took place in Adam and Eve's life as their spiritual eyes were opened to sin. Number one, their soul gained knowledge in evil. Not because God has given them, but because evil came in. God doesn't bring evil thoughts and evil knowledge. God does not give anything that is evil. Every good gift comes from above. That's why God said, as soon as you're going to touch it, you will receive the knowledge of good and evil. Because Satan will come in and it's the devil who will bring the evil thinking. Stinking. God doesn't bring evil thinking. It doesn't come from him. It's the world now, the flesh and the devil. Amen? 
Okay, that's number one. What is number two? They knew that they were naked. Now they knew that they had some kind of shame between each other. Was nobody there? Them, them, only them. Now they knew that they are naked. And number three, their flesh, flesh begin to dominate their spirit. So they fell completely. They were knocked down. These three things happened right away, and the devil was dancing. All right? Their reaction, listen, their reaction to God's presence was totally different now. Instead of a desiring to worship God and fellowship with Him, they were afraid. They were afraid now of God. Amen. Now, the center of their attention was no longer the fellowship with God, but the flesh. The center of their attention, and I want to stop here a little bit. The center of their attention. A lot of people, they still struggle with shame and guilt from the past. It's because the center of their attention is still in the flesh. If the center of the attention will be in the spirit, you'll forget who you were. Because God said this way. When he set you free, you're free. He does not remember what you have done. It's you who remember, not God. He's through this in the deepest sea and he said, don't go fishing there. All right? So the attention must be now. On God, set your mind on Christ. Walk by the Spirit, and then you will not fulfill the lust, desires, wrong thinking, even about yourself, in the flesh. There, no guilt will be anymore. We proclaim, we declare, we are new creation, and so on, but we just proclaiming. How about living? Amen. How about living? Thank you, Jesus. But see, what happened to Adam and Eve, a lot of believers today still walking in. To be honest with you. For one reason, because their attention. It's, you see, before Adam had attention only on God. He was waiting for God every day to come and visit him. He was waiting for that relationship and fellowship. He was enjoying his life and everything that God has given him. And he didn't want anything more. Nothing more. That tree that didn't bother him, even if it was before his eyes, because his attention was on God. When your attention will be on God, no sin, no evil, nothing will bother your eyes. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what you hear. You'll reject it. It's not yours, and you don't like it. It doesn't belong to you. Is that right? You don't have to fight because you're in the presence of God. It's attention, but the center of their attention when they fell was no longer in the fellowship with God, but it was on their flesh. Oh, I'm naked. Oh, God will come and see me like this. God saw you like that a week ago. He didn't say anything. He made you this way. But now they think, well, no, 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 no. I have to hide because I'm naked. And God says, who told you that you are naked? 
not me. I've been with you before. I never mentioned that. But who told you, Adam? The devil said that. The devil speak about these things. Satan thinks, uh, uh, speaks about these things into our mind, about lust, perversion, and all kind of things. It's demonic attack and thoughts coming from pit of hell. Not from God. You, you understand what I mean? Hallelujah. All right. So, let's move on quickly. I finished with this. I'm going to put this down here. It's all my writings anyway. I don't cheat. All right. Now, Jesus, the Bible say, is the second Adam. Second Adam. Now, we thoroughly understood and we realized what Adam has done and who he was. Now, Jesus is the second Adam. Here's why Jesus was predestined to redeem us. Let's open quickly the first Corinthians. Let's go to the New Testament now. Oh, I hope you're enjoying this. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's not even Saturday or Sunday today. You know, some people think that they have, have to give them the best message on Sunday or Saturday. No, Tuesday is good too. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. I try to give all that I have on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and again. It doesn't matter to me. Hallelujah. So what does it say in verse 45? Verse 45. And so it is written that first Adam was made a living Remember what I said? Living soul. But the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Here's where the difference is. Living, Adam was just a living soul. And can you believe this? He could have been well without even just living in his soul, being in that presence with God. He was enjoying God. Just being in his soul, living by his soul. So imagine when we have the Spirit of God, we are born again, how much we can enjoy God when we have God inside. By the Spirit, when we are born again. Oh, glory to Jesus. You probably were thinking, where did I get that idea that Adam was not born again? <laughs> in the Bible, I always get best ideas from the Word of God. Nowhere else but from the Word of God. And I enjoy the Word of God. Pray for me. I'm going to go to Belize, start teaching these people there. And I'm invited back to go to Belgium again at the, uh, in October. Hallelujah. God opening doors. He is opening doors. I love the re revelation of God. I love to teach the word of God. Amen. So, listen. Okay. Enough about me here. Okay. So, God knew that living only 
by the flesh will not be possible and not to fall. It doesn't matter how long Adam would enjoy. Imagine, God has created the whole world, right? But in that little small place, he just uh, purposely placed the Garden of Eden. In that small little place in the Middle East. And then he placed Adam there. Adam would not live there forever. God says the whole earth is yours. How would this happen? God knew that Adam will not make it anyway. Because he was just nothing but a soul. One day he would crack down. It doesn't matter how much you enjoy God being in your soul. Actually, psychology is coming from that word. Psychic is your soul. It doesn't matter how long we live, and it doesn't matter how good our soul is. It doesn't matter how good the people we are and trying to be, do our best. It will not keep us for too long. Man was not made by God. Human, humanity, hum, human being was not made by God to be sustained by his own. He will fall. Even if his soul will be perfect. His soul is not strong enough. He has to have the spirit. So when God has redeemed us, are you getting something? So when God has redeemed us from sin, he cleansed our soul. He redeemed our soul and he gave us a new spirit. And then the Holy Spirit came in to support our cleansed soul. Support. Strengthen. Wow. Strengthen. Now, okay. And the only way the humanity to, uh, to live is by the Spirit of God. How? To become one with God in harmony and unity. It's when we become in one with God in harmony and unity. Remember one thing. It's very important to understand. Don't neglect prayer again. And I'm going to push on that button until I leave this earth here. And tell myself and everybody else who is listening. Fellowship with God is very important. If you quit praying, if you don't fellowship with God, you're moving back to a soulish ground. You need support from the Spirit. You could be in Christ. Yeah, sure. No problems. But in, to be in Christ, it means to have a fellowship with him. Because all by yourself, we are totally nothing. Amen. And the only way God is sustaining our soul is when we fellowship with God. Which way? Through his word and through prayer. Through worship and praise. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I better hurry here. Unless we're going to pray till 10, that doesn't matter. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Yes. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm here. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
Well, let's, let's move on. So, this is what God wants. Unless we become with God in unity and harmony. That's why Jesus said in chapter 4 of the book of John, he says, And we will come and make a habitation inside of you. He says, He cannot come unless I go. Otherwise, it's not going to be complete. You're going to be soulish again. He says, even if I'll die for your sins and you live by your soul alone, you, you'll fall again. You'll need the guide. You'll need the teacher. And he says, the Spirit of God who will lead you and guide you and sustain you into all of God's truth. Even if, when you're born again. Some people say, what is it born again? Oh, you're talking about born again? About John chapter 3, yes. No, it's not about John chapter 3. It's about your life in God. <laughs> John chapter 3. People, the devil is making fun out of this. Why? Because he knows that the people are the strongest. They, they become the strongest when they are born again. And even stronger when they got baptized in that spirit. Hallelujah. When they got baptized in that spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is why from the very beginning, Adam was created as a living soul only. God's final perfect will for humanity. Listen to this. God's final perfect will for humanity is to be born by his spirit. So a lot of people, religions, even in Christian circles, some of the religions, they don't even understand what does it mean to be born again. How can you accept Christ and not to be born again? The Bible says that the Spirit himself is witnessing to us that we are the children of God. I ask quite often people, I said, okay, Jesus, you see, the word of Christ has been Heard here for many times, many, many years. And people, yeah, yeah, I received Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, sure, Jesus. I received Jesus. But I said, are you born again? That's where you hit the rubber with the road. That's where the connection comes. Ah, you're talking about that. I said, what? Oh, you mean you have to, you have born again. Yes, that's the main key and reason why Jesus came. Amen. So, God's final perfect will for humanity is to be born again by His Spirit. Because only then man can be in perfect harmony and unity with God, His Creator. Only then, not before. Therefore, because God has created us with the Spirit soul and body this is why we are created in god's image and likeness try on spirit soul and body all right listen to this and our spirit soul and body must receive the opportunity to be in harmony and unity with god not your just spirit and soul but your body as well. Must receive that perfect opportunity to be
be in perfect harmony and unity with God. It blesses me off my socks, I'll tell you. When I was writing this, I said, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I want to know you more. I really want to be possessed by you. I want your word. I want your presence. I want your spirit. I want everything in my life, spirit, soul, and body, be soaked in into God. That my body will not be mine anymore. That's why God says, husband and wife, he, he brought a perfect example. He says, well, you are one like you became one, like I said. That's why your, her body is not your body, it's yours. And your body is her, it's not your body, it's hers. Do you understand the connection? Because we became one. People don't understand how does it work. But it only works in that perfect harmony and unity as we are with Christ. That's the only way it works. As Jesus said, it's a mystery. Union of husband and wife is a mystery, just like Christ in the church. Amen? It's a mystery. So it becomes one. One. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus came in the flesh to, feel, to fulfill God's will. To redeem us from sin and that we, and that we, may receive the Spirit of God through our new birth by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm coming to the end. We're going to start praying pretty soon. But this is the last paragraph I want to share with you. It is very important to notice that we did not receive a new soul or body. You, you realize that, right, through the Bible? We did not receive a new spirit, I, I mean a new soul or body. Our spirit was born again because it was dead. It was dead. Now it was resurrected and was born again. Our spirit, but not our soul, not our body. The reason for that is that God desires that we would submit our soul and our body to the will of God through our spirit now. It is our spirit that received that new birth and knows God better than you, yourself. Better than your mind, better than your soul, better than your feelings. It's the spirit. That's why the Bible says in Psalm 42, deep calls unto deep. It's your spirit, man. That's why it is so beautiful and wonderful to be born again. Amen. In the other words, God desires that we would choose him above all things. Amen. Even above our will and emotions. It is God's desire. So God has given us the tool. God has given us the power to do it. His spirit lives inside of us. And he says, now, nah, I gave you the tool. See, what God has given to Adam was just the blueprint. Now he has given us the real deal. 
the real tool and passion and desire. He says, why I have given that to you so that you would submit your soul and your body to my will. And it's only you who can do it. It's only you who can do it. God does not push our soul and our spirit and our flesh, actually, to submit to him. No. God dwells within our spirit. And he says, and I even, God says, I'm not even going to make you do that. I will give you a desire. Isn't God wonderful? It's just like a family. It's just like, it just like a, a marriage. If I would say to my wife, I cannot make you love me. I do love you, but I cannot make you love me. But what I can do is to create a desire to love you. By looking up to you. By kissing you. By giving you flowers. By, by showing my love toward you, but I cannot make you. All I do is creating a desire to love me. God is the same. Within your heart, God dwells by his spirit and he is constantly creating that desire and hunger. If we answer, many times we turn our face away. But God loves us so much that next day he's knocking again. He's not, he's next day, next morning, he's there. As the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 3, great is your faithfulness. He renews that every morning. Because the love of God and the passion of God for you is incredible. He will never give up until we close our eyes. He will never give up. God desires that we would submit our soul and body to his perfect will through our spirit. In the other words, God desires that we would choose him above all things, even above our own will and emotions, our personal desires and interests. This is the kind of fellowship and relationship God had in his mind and heart to have with us before the foundation of the world. Did you get this? I led you all the way back to the beginning. And I showed you this is the same example, the same desires and will that God had. This is why he sent Jesus. What a marvelous revelation to me anyway in this in this blessed precious word. Amen and amen and amen.